Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 23, Take 2, covering the gamesters of Triskelion and a piece of the action with Kevin Lynch. Hi, friends. Hi, Flonk. Hi, Flonk. How's, how's, how is it with you, friend? It's around me and above me. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. I I do not know what we're talking about. Me neither. And I am terrified to push forward. Okay. It's for the best. Uh, so Flunk asked if, uh, we were, if we were going back to the original series, if, if we wouldn't mind, you know, Hey, I, I didn't get to do one of these. Would you, could, could I do one? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. But, uh, I like the, these guys. The monkey's, yeah. The monkey's paw of that is that you have to do the gamesters of Triskelion. Which, yeah. Which spoiler alert sucks. Is real rough. Uh-huh. Do you remember it being this rough, Matt? Yeah. No, I remember. This is one of the ones that I, I remember being all like, oh, this is a bad one. See, I don't, because now my memory is just the the thing that we regret that we'll be talking about in a minute. Yeah, although I, I will say that I also confused it with uh, Plato's Stepchildren, which is a very similar episode and is also very stupid. I guess that's another one where they're beamed down and forced to do things against their will. But so, that's yeah. the one that's yeah. the first uh, interracial kiss on it. And I, was, I kept mm-hmm. waiting for that to happen in this, and it never did. Uh, yeah, because Uhura was part of this landing party, so I mean, it could have been yeah. this one. I, I see that. But, ugh. Just, uh, but but, I will say, everyone like that I've talked to about our show th- seems to like episodes best where we cover one that's real bad and one that's pretty good. Well, good news, <laughs> you're in luck, friends. Uh-huh. We got that this week because a piece of the action is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, this won't be a full hour of us suffering. Just just the first part. So, uh, Flunk, why don't you why don't you kick things off and tell us what happens in? Uh, we we were saying it wrong. It's not Triskelion. It's Triskelion. So. Apologies there to any Triskelyites, I guess. Yeah, to all the ultimates out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Kirk, Uhura, and Chekhov are preparing to beam down to some planet or another when they are whisked away to a mysterious basketball court. <laughs> there, they are met by a couple of goofy-looking henchmen. Phasers don't work, so it's time for some hand-to-hand combat, or in Kirk's case, hand-to-flying kick combat. They are interrupted by a very scary Dracula who tells them that they are gladiators now, only he does it with a bunch more space words. He tells Kirk that they're slaves now, and Kirk says, no, we're not. And the dragon says, yes, you are. And this goes on for about 40 minutes. It gets real old real quick. Up on the ship, Bones and Sky to shoot spitballs at each other, and Spock finds a whoopee cushion on his chair. Down on the planet, Uhura is probably raped. Chekhov engages in some gay panic, and Kirk makes out with, then punches a woman who has the brain capacity of a child. This is not a good episode, you guys. Somehow or another, Kirk finds the casino tycoons that run the planet and bets the lives of his crew against the freedom of the other gladiators. So we get one last tedious fight scene before Kirk gets warp away, leaving a slave uprising in his wake, which is probably one of the better ways he's destroyed his planet civilization. I will say, in in this case, he destroyed it, but he also left provisions like, hey, you guys are going to make things better when we leave, right? O- yeah, okay. It's not like going to check up on them or anything. Yeah. No, no, of course not. Whatever you say, Captain Kirk. We will do that for ten quatloos. <laughs> and also, yeah, I this... want the kissing and the making of second base. <laughs> will you just do it? He's upping the ante. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the infamous uh, quatloos episode yep. with the floating brains that bet on everyone. I do that's, like those. That's brains. the most noteworthy thing about it. Yep. I think. Uh, but for post-atomic horror purposes, the most noteworthy thing is that we said some kind of bad stuff last time. Yeah. That's why we're here again. Yeah. So. And uh, hang on. Matt, do you remember the theme song? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Me neither. Uh, we, we have a little segment here that I, I think this is only its second and final appearance uh, called Walking It Back. Yeah. So, Matt, why don't you why don't you start? All right. So back when we first did this episode, um, I used a pretty disgusting slur to refer to the yellow woman in the pink bathing suit with the deep voice. Um, I'm not going to repeat that here, but it was against the transgender community. Uh, I have no excuse for this whatsoever, other than being a younger, stupider person, and frankly, that is not a good excuse at all. Uh, so I'm using this episode to apologize for using it, and also for the shitty transphobic jokes I made during the episode. I'm sorry, and I'm extremely ashamed of all of those things yeah i was not expecting you to uh to do this i just assumed that i'm the one who did it nope 
I, I was prepared to shoulder the burden, not out of any sense of nobility, but because I only have shame memory for stuff that I did myself. But yeah, we both said some shitty things, as it turns out. We weren't great people then. We're probably not great people now either, but at least now we're a little more aware and, and trying and willing to listen to, you know, criticism and, and such. Uh, but, oh, while we're on the general topic of regrettable stuff we said back when we were covering the original series, I do want to clarify one thing. We threw around the phrase hot 60s looking girls a lot back then, and at least one listener has mentioned this to us since then. Uh, this one I refuse to walk back because it's a reference to something that Strong Bad said once, and I'm hard-pressed to think of anything in our lexicon that's less sexualized than Homestar Runner. There were probably times when we actually objectified said hot 60s looking girls, and there's no excuse for that. That, that is unforgivable. But I stand by the phrase hot 60s looking girls at a respectful distance, obviously. All right, let's get to the jokes. <laughs> well, you say nothing is uh, less uh, sexualized than Strong Bad. I give you modestly hot hops are. Mm. Uh, this is disturbing. What was it? Uh, in, in, and makes, makes me, me uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is impressive, disturbing, and makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, but yeah, when Strong Bad says hot, he doesn't mean it in a, you know, in a creepy way. Mm. I mean, if, if uh, Sinor Cardgage said it, that would ah, be different. Obviously. And there's a huge chunk of you who don't know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and we don't care. Too bad. And that's sad. Yeah. It's the three of us. You've been singing uh-huh. Fish Islands nonstop for the last two weeks. So. Womp, 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 womp. Did you just say womp, womp? <laughs> womp, womp. Well, he got this on Dixieland. He's got several syncopations. <laughs> several syncopations tonight. Womp, womp. Uh, Thanks a lot. But, I uh, just got several syncopations out of my head. <laughs> well, you're welcome. God damn. I mean, uh, okay, so this episode. It sucks. It's was terrible. terrible. It's real bad. Do we want to try to do we want to try to scrape some good things off the bottom of the pan because I feel like most of this discussion is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, things. let's uh, let's do the good shit first so we can. Flunk, what do you it. got? Uh, the planet's logo was kind of cool, and you got to respect a planet that promotes its hashtag brand. You absolutely do. Even the Borg know that. Yeah. No, it. Uh, I don't. I could not exactly describe it right now. I know exactly what it you're was talking like about. It was like a Superman felt... symbol with like three kind of lightning bolts in it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty neat. It felt kind of Batman '66 to me in that oh, way that like everyone had a stylized logo and stuff. So yeah. Captain, and it was yeah. everywhere too. It was on the the Dracula's cape. It was on the the floor of the arena. Mm-hmm. It was in. The it was on cells. the. It was on the top of the uh the the case that the brains are in, and they can't even see it. Right. Mm-hmm. They've evolved beyond bodies which i've watched every episode of star trek ever and i still don't understand what that fucking means i i i love the idea that you're like you reach the point in your life where you're so intelligent that the rest of your body just sort of drops off it's yeah it's only, all vestigial at this point the only but, thing i can think of is just like well i've become so every, intelligent that my brain is green now and my body fell off every organ is a uh it's an appendix at that point into the medicine did- cabinet with you body if they evolved beyond the need for their bodies, like how did they get into their little popomatic bubble? Uh, well, like, maybe I, that Dracula guy put that them was in. Oh, my guess. Yeah, maybe. And speaking of him, that's my good thing. Uh, th- that Ming the Merciless looking dude, he, he makes a pretty decent villain in a campy 60s sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like not your classic. Like he wouldn't have been on the short list of deciding who you're going to bring back for a movie when, no. when they went with Khan. But, you know, he's, he looked all right, he, I, and he even sounded a little more like Vincent Price than Sarek did. I like, so. um, you get close-ups of him, and he has a very subtle makeup on, like he's speckled. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty Yeah, cool. I would, I will say the HD made it look a little sloppy, mm. but, like, I get what they were going for, and it did look, it was a good design. Yeah. But you could kind of see the, not the seams, but you know what I mean. Like, I, it's a 60s show, you're going to see the seams no matter what. Yeah, that's true. Like he was you're all, the only... he, he also has got those weird glowing eyes that are clearly just someone drawing on the uh, on the film. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. He was no, the he, only he good, um, pretty cool uh, actor too of all the guest stars. So that's true. Yeah, and and that's being generous because I don't know that he was good. He just knew how to ham it up in the right way because yeah. he was a villain. He was a mustache twirling villain. Mm-hmm. If you wanted real, you know, subtlety and nuance out of him, I, I don't know that that. Uh, would be this right is probably not the show to. for you. At the moment, well, that too. Yeah, also that subtlety and nuance uh, go hand in hand with a shirtless Kirk uh, getting whipped. Uh, 
Well, it's like we were saying before we started, this is the quintessential, like, everything you think of in a bad Star mm-hmm. Trek episode mm-hmm. is this. Yeah. It's shirtless Kirk, like, teaching alien women what love means. Oh, my and... God. Yeah. He is, oh, well, this is my bad thing. So bad. Yeah. I know we're well, hang on. Let's let's thing. do your good thing first, and then we'll All circle right. back because there's there's just so little good to talk uh-huh. about. Um, th- what do you got? Okay, well, the scene with Bone Spock and Scotty on the bridge, uh, I enjoy quite a bit. You got two very mm-hmm. emotional guys who are worried about about Kirk and company, and Spock, who's just you know doing his best. And every every time he's like, "Well, we're going to follow the clues into this other galaxy and see if they ended up there for any reason." Mm-hmm. You green blooded hobgoblin! You would leave our friends to die to chase down some rabbit hole or something, wouldn't you? <laughs> Please stop fighting in front of me. Yeah, no, it's it, they're they're good, and there's a lot of good humor there. There's a lot of yeah. good like. Uh, you don't you don't agree? I think maybe one or two scenes of that would have been good, but they just kept going back to it, and eventually it reminded me in the movie when Spock was just like, you know, if uh, you know, uh, ah, shit, oh, crew morale would be better served by me yeah, wandering the halls weeping. The ship, halls yeah. the ship weeping. But that's that's <laughs> yeah. like what it came across to me. It was just like, all right, Bones, we get it. Like you think that they're over there, they're clearly not. I, he, Spock is trying something. Bones is in a real no, bad I get mood it. this week. It is repetitive, but on the other hand, anytime you were cutting away from yeah. the rest of yeah, that, it was like, anytime oh, we were actually right. in space instead of on mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, the guys planet. I like. Yeah. Also, there was a great payoff to all that because the whole time they're bickering like they do, but then they're like, okay, time to go to the planet. Uh, you, uh, Spock, you're going to need a doctor with you. I welcome your company, doctor. Mm-hmm. It was like a nice, like, aw, they yeah, are friends. Right. Yeah. And uh, if I had, uh, if it were my week to pick a quote, I absolutely would have picked that because mm. I love any time either of them let down their defenses for a second and admit that they are BFF. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's all in terms of things we can praise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The rest of the episode well, is very bad. Yeah, no, let's then let's fucking tear into it, Flunk. What do you got? Uh, where do I even start? Um, the stuff on the planet was boring and extremely padded out. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the stuff mm-hmm. on the ship was tedious. Every guest actor except the Dracula was terrible. I, I don't know. I guess I'll go with the Spock and Mock music. You haven't earned that, gamesters. Oh, yeah. I noticed that a few times where it's like, ooh, that music gets me excited. Wait. They're they're borrowing that. That's like, what is it they call that? Stolen Valor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't see back back then. It wasn't the epic Spock fight music. It was just uh, guys fighting gladiators, I guess. Yeah, we were like 10 episodes after that one. So they just put it in the bank. They're like, hey, we got some exciting fight music. Let's use this again. This is pretty good. And it is. Uh Yeah. As Funk says, not earned. Yeah. Like it's not. No, it's not too, you know, (laughs) it's not uh, Shatner and Nimoy stunt doubles fighting. It's like these. The, the same terrible guest stars like waving these big uh, sticks around and it mm-hmm. just it's not a good fight. No, La- no last it's time not. we saw it, we got to see Kirk and Spock locked in an important battle about their friendship and whether or not Spock was going to continue to be on the show. And yeah, Spock and we visited Vulcan for the first time, which was a huge deal. Spock had to kill his best friend for any of it to work, and now we just get to see Shatner do that thing where he falls over and kicks you. Yep. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. And he does love to jump around when he's fighting. Uh-huh. I will give him that. Can I just say well, how he... mu- how annoying it is to have Kirk wager his ability to fight three guys? Like, there's no tricks in this or anything where he's sort of where he's planning to like outsmart them so that he can beat them by himself. He no, just... what he wagers is the freedom of the 420 people he's responsible for against his ability his to abil- fight. Yeah, his ability to to kick the shit out of three people. Yep. I mean, in fairness, he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is his show. Yeah. Well, and uh, Flunk, the, the, you pointed this out in your summary, the the yes, we will, no, we won't. Like, it reminded me of Spock's brain in that worst way yeah. of, like, brain and brain. there's what one is brain? conflict that never escalates. It's just the same tired argument for an hour. Give us back Spock's brain. No. Yeah. What about that, now? And this was, no. let us out. We prize freedom above all. No. <laughs> Okay, well, how about now? Still no. Uh, what'd you have for a bad thing, Matt? Oh, um, yeah, uh, Shatner's shatting his ass off in this. Oh, yeah. Yelling at the camera, he's shaking his fists, he's jumping around, he's fighting three guys. It's real rough to watch. You want to know why people make fun of Bill Shatner? This episode is why people make fun of him. Yeah, in the yeah. first couple of minutes, he does. he sounds like every bad comedian's impression of him. 
Gentlemen, I put it to you, you cannot raise a civilization based on warfare. We have evolved beyond the need for that. Yeah. I'm not paraphrasing. Yeah. No, it's it's quintessential. And uh, you can tell, like, I bet the original, uh, I I probably should have looked this up, but it feels like the original concept was probably less Kirk heavy Mm -hmm. and... This feels like one of them that he just wrestled yeah. away from them and it, made it all about him. It really does. And I looked at the uh, the episode. We were talking about this. I looked at the episodes around this episode. There's some mm-hmm. fucking bangers, man. Like, oh, yeah. When you yeah, when you scroll yeah. through down to this one and it's like, ooh, a mock time and um, Trouble Tribbles Doomsday Machine. Yeah. Like you're, you're scrolling past the very. This is like the show's golden age. Mm-hmm. The best episodes happened around here. And then this happens. Yeah. Somehow. It was a real fucking it worse. punch bowl. Not like in season three where they were just green lighting everything and spending no money. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no <laughs> excuse for this. The uh, Enterprise so, encounters a giant space wombat? Fucking print it. Sure. I love it. Yeah. I mean, this no, episode could have used space lighting, let's not lie. Yeah. Oh, a, a wombat would have been very welcome. Mm. I mean, really, a wombat is always welcome. Yeah, especially basically. now. Yeah. So my bad thing. Yes. I, the one I feel worst for is Uhura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the best guys are left on the Enterprise to solve the mystery of the week. And she's stuck on the planet with those two idiots? Yeah. Like, I had almost put Chekhov out of my mind. And there's, like, way too much Chekhov in this also mm-hmm. with his Chekhovness. Just, and Sorry, just as a quick side note, why is yeah. Walter always hunched over? He's got weird posture, right? Like, yeah. that's part of the... Isn't that part of the, I don't know, the monkeys thing? I guess. I, why I is the know. Russian guy in the monkeys? There's so much. He's such a mess. <laughs> I don't know what Chekhov is supposed to be. The heartthrob. He's supposed to be the young. He's supposed to be, yeah, the, the young cute one, which he wasn't. No. And then he was supposed to be Russian, which, okay. Yeah, Russians were a major part of the, the space race and, of course, acknowledge them. But That's also like, like in the middle of the Cold War, having a Russian guy on the ship is a yeah. good idea. No, it's a big, big, oh, yeah. big deal. Absolutely. But not like this. But no. Yeah, have a, have a Russian guy, not this weird, dumb comic relief guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. At least, they, at least they fixed him in the new movies. I What I like in the new movies is that he is very young, like uh, almost too young, and he looks up to Kirk, yeah. and that's not necessarily a good thing. That enthusiasm. Yeah. The, I, I can do that. But especially their, their whole in, and beyond is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that yeah, was great. I haven't thought that, about that in a while. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of, mm. is uh, he's he clearly wants to be the next Kirk, and maybe that's not the best idea. <laughs> maybe that's not the guy you want to be looking up to. <laughs> uh, but uh, ba- back to my bad thing. Mm. There's a particular bit, and, and uh, Flunk alluded to this in his, in his summary already, where they put on this little shadow play. This part was actually shot very artfully, where Kirk's in his cell looking at Uhura's cell, and we can't see inside. We just see the shadows. Mm-hmm. That's a neat idea, but what we see implied and what we hear oh. is her being assaulted and possibly raped. Yeah, they're um, yeah, I they're think real they... vague about whether like what happens, but it's it's real, real bad. Like, but if they had done that sort of directorial flourish and it was just Chekhov getting beaten up, mm-hmm. that could have been really interesting, just as a as a device because. You can imply the violence without showing yeah. it. It's it's easier for them to not have to pull off effects or whatever. It's also kind of puts, you know, it's that horror movie thing where it puts it more in your imagination. But because it's Uhura and because the the, the noises she makes are particularly like, oh, yeah. Yeah. what's going on over there? It's just, it's real. And, yeah. and also here in 2018, we know how the 60s were. So yeah. Yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's you know that's that's a lot of it's it's hard to take a lot of what's in this show for anything other than you know like we know exactly how the sixties were like you say, and uh, there's just there's a lot of things they did yeah that it's like well that that could only mean this yeah and uh, just uh. <laughs> and also it was a big caveman looking guy with monster teeth put in yep so. You know, I I mean that guy was nine feet tall, so that was cool. Uh-huh. I guess. I don't know he looked That's... like someone had put like a plug in his mouth. You know, like a bathroom plug. <laughs> oh, I thought someone yeah. just went down to the supermarket and put a quarter into the machine and pulled out some uh, some Dracula teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, that maybe glow in the dark for some reason. Yeah, uh, I want I wanted the octopus that you throw at the bathroom mirror and it crawls down. I hate these things. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, this was the 60s. You put like a nickel in the yeah. machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I guess a quatlu? Mm. I wager seven quatlus on getting the Dracula teeth. <laughs> and the Dracula guy's like, come on, man. I want those teeth. Those are mine. He's, he was supposed to be. He ended up with the keychain. never evolved. Oh, right. Yeah, he's 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 a de-evolved guy with a body. Uh-huh. They always make fun of him, bro. You loser. Nice legs, asshole. Nice asshole legs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Your best is crap. <laughs> Look, I brought some more champions. Why am I making him sound like Mr. Hanks? <laughs> Ooh. I haven't thought about that guy in a while either. <laughs> There's a bit where they're so you know they're forced to fight in an arena and that 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 kind of thing. And uh, as as prep for it, Kirk's got to run two miles and he's like exhausted. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I'm 44 and out of shape and I can't run two miles. But come on, he's supposed to be like a peak military specimen. Yeah, we just he's- saw him uh, in the last track episodes. We did doing those weird uh, calisthenics. Oh yeah, the box the box legs. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. So we know it's he's in he, shape. It's because he had mm. the weird harness on. It was, it was uh-huh. stopping him from running so good. That must be it. Yeah. And his pants were up to his fucking nipples. Yeah, he had some real good uh, Kylo Ren costume on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, God, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> Could you please put a shirt up? on? But I can't I can't decide if that's the style of the time or if that's Bill trying to cover up his his emerging gut. I was I was talking to Mal when she was watching it with me the other night. I'm like, this is the last time we Kurt could actually have his shirt off. It stops happening after yeah. this season. Yeah, I mean, it really only happened in like season one, as I recall. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this is a rarity. I was very doing excited tricks to like this. get one of them. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is quintessential everything you hate about Shatner, everything you hate about like bad episodes of original series. Yep, it was rough, and. I, I said this on Twitter already, but really, our our punishment for the shitty things we said is having to watch this again. I th- I feel like that's fair. Yeah, it's it's very bad and boring. And yeah, <laughs> bad in general. I mean, there's the there's a couple of concepts that are I guess okay. Like I don't know, I don't understand the bodiless brain thing. We talked about that, but the visuals. But that good. is, yeah, and that's it's a cheap visual that I think they pull off well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for the for the time, and it's it's one of those images that's lingered. Like if you sort of did a slideshow of, you know, Star Trek images. Mean the, like, that would be the, in there. the end credits of Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, like, a you know, a, a calendar yeah. or something. I like love, that would be one of the images. And I love the matte painting that's behind the, the brains. Like, it's a real great mm-hmm. shot of, I don't know, some kind of weird power plant or something. We all yeah, know I'm sure they used it a million paintings. times. Sorry? We all know why you love matte paintings. It's true. Yeah, it's the Fellowship of Mats, right? But will I ever find a matte painting? Of Matt. <laughs> That's deep. Wait, no, it's not. Um, there's, there's a when you when you look at the dome that they're in though, the Popomatic bubble, as one of you said, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like there's a one of those Fisher Price toy steering wheels in front of it. <laughs> well, how do you think they get and around? I really, yeah, they don't have a body. Really they wanted... got to get around somehow. Uh huh. No, no, no. It's 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 outside the dome. <laughs> like someone outside of where they are operates it. Yeah, Space Dracula has to wander dome? over and steer them around. Beep, beep. <laughs> we would like a tour of the planet now. <laughs> Obey me. <laughs> One of them did sound like Obey Me. Yep. There's this guy. And there's this guy. And there's the other mm-hmm. guy. Probably the the deep voice guy might have been um, uh, James Dewey. Yeah, one of them was probably Dewey, and that was how they rolled back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. But the third guy is just like, oh, we need a third brain. Uh, Jim, come here for a sec. Be all uh, (laughs) talking to this thing. I am the third brain. (laughs) I I would also like to wager quat loose. I am the exact same. (laughs) There's one of them that that wasn't called quat loose. They were called quat loose. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things that stuck out to me. Yeah, let's all get on the same page. This is my friend, quat loose. Well, it's like in uh, one of the animated episodes when Kirk uh, kept referring to the Orion Pirates. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, Bill. You've said from... Orion before. I don't say Orion. I say Orion. Yeah. Don't that's probably me. one of those it don't tell me. It sickens me. me. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> you say something. Uh, anything else? Uh, this was directed by Gene Nelson, and I got excited that there was a third Gene. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, so many genes. Gene. Yeah. Um, just briefly, uh, the mm-hmm. scene with uh, Chekhov and the yellow alien woman is fucking mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Just it they is. pitch they pitch her voice down and just make a whole big deal out of like the her seducing him and it's just really. Yeah. Well, and this was the kernel of our of our bad taste yep. jokes back then, which were unacceptable. But but and this doesn't make excuses for it at all. Mm-hmm. Like that's we were, not what I'm we doing. Were bad. Just, we were but, I, but it yeah, is no, no, terrible. No, no. I don't want to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, no, it's, no it's... I I agree. But I'm saying like the show, the show did bait us in that direction. We just took the bait. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's definitely an implication, like Flong says, of of gay panic. Yeah. Of, like yeah, yeah. This, hey, you, yeah, this you, you're stuck in a cell with a masculine dude. woman uh-huh. is hitting yeah. on him, and, and yeah. that's hilarious. Uh huh. Yeah. No, it's thanks. I thought, I thought, okay, maybe we we just fixated on some dumb background thing that wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. No, it's there. Yeah, we still shouldn't have bit, but it was there. Yeah. Like I, I can't imagine what else they were trying to do. Yeah, it's real bad. The whole thing's just real fucking bad. It is, and I think. Unless you guys have anything else, we can wash our hands of it and well, never watch it again. This is a we can yeah. make this a segue because this is something you noticed in the the second episode, Alan. I noticed in this one, which uh-huh. is Kirk making log entries in the middle of the adventure. Like, how is, <laughs> what is he? How is he doing that? Yeah. I noticed it when we were doing one of those very early episodes where I think he was telling the story after it had happened. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, uh, "Well, now we know this was the salt monster, but at the time, da 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 da, like." You guys really do not understand how this works narratively. Yeah, no, this one, he's just like, I'm stuck on this planet and I'm forced to fight my friends. I'm like, how, who are you talking to? I yeah, mean, but I'm dictating this to the tape recorder on my bridge. Uh, yeah. there, There's one, yeah. I don't know if it's one we watched, but there's definitely one that exists where he's like, unbeknownst to us, an evil alien. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess implies he's doing it after the fact, but the... Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. It's not great. Doesn't. No, doesn't really make a lot it's of sense. It's certainly no Captain's Log, they have my ship. Which is <laughs> fucking great. Get off my plane. Uh, all right, Flunk, you got a quote? Uh, oh, yeah, this is another thing that irritated me. Must be mistaken. We're officers of a United spaceship on Federation business. There has been no mistake. Your old titles mean nothing here, Captain. Um, so yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, they say that titles mean nothing, but then they keep on calling him Captain. Just it's fucking. Maybe stupid. they thought that was his name. No, because they call him Kirk a lot too. Yeah, they think his oh. name is Captain First Name Kirk. Uh, right. Stupid. I don't. First no, name. I mean, you're, almost you're like this is a poorly team. written episode. What? <laughs> who who actually wrote this? I don't have that in front of me right uh, now. It was actually have the table. Gene Roddenberry. Stuff. No, I would love it if it were Gene Roddenberry. That would just vindicate me. It uh-huh. was Margaret Arman. Margaret Arms, Mar- you guys. Okay, that that just sounds like a professor. Margaret Arman, <laughs> like that's not a real Margaret name. Margaret like Arman, professor of Star Trek. <laughs> I made Arn Darvin also. <laughs> you guys talk All about right. Arman? Uh, no, I keep stalling. I'm trying to see what other episodes you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, I don't recognize that name. Uh, any, she not, wrote not two episodes of the animated series, and she wrote ah. for Phase Two. Mm. Uh, she did the Paradise Syndrome, the Cloud Miners, uh, oh. Lorelei, Lorelei Signal, and Hamburger Element. Precious hamburgers. Mm. Yeah, I remember uh, the Cloud the... Miners not being very good. Yeah, that's when they're in the city. The you know, hey, the rich people live in the sky. And oh, the, the, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Paradise Syndrome is uh, Kirok. I am ah, that one. I actually remember I liked being that one. Surprisingly good. Yeah, I remember expecting it to be terrible and being pleasantly surprised. Except for Kirk in the Native American uniform. Uh yeah. I mean, it's a little problematic, but just in basic character terms, yeah, the it was, writing was good. So. As I recall, it was the closest thing he had to like a uh, inner light, mm-hmm. where he got to live a different life, and you know, you get to see what he really wanted yeah. and that kind of thing. But all right, moving forward to the the much more uh, bearable. <laughs> Piece of the action, mm-hmm. Matt. Why don't you Why don't you kick things off? All right. So the Enterprise arrives at Sigma Ocean Two, a planet visited 100 years ago by the USS Horizon, who ruined literally everything when they made first contact with a race of morons who have embraced the philosophy of monkey see, monkey do to a ridiculous degree. Specifically, <clears throat> they left behind a copy of Chicago Bang, 
wow, Chicago Gangs <laughs> of the 1920s. Chicago Bangs of the 1920s is a completely different book. <laughs> That's a, the porn parody yeah. of this episode. Yeah. A the Asylum put that one out. <laughs> a ridiculously in-depth guide to how to run a mafia-based society, I guess. So Kirk, Spock, and Bones beam down to the planet, are instantly captured by, bo- by boss Oxmix and his mob kingdom. <laughs> Luckily, Kirk is too wily to be held for too long and uh, bamboozles his captors with a card game. Then Kirk and Spock don mob cosplay, and then there's a lot of complicated running around and failing to drive very well. Kirk brings a small child into his crime syndicate and then defeats the mafia by shooting them with phasers from space. After that, Kirk brings the entire planet under Federation control by forcing them to pay a cut to them. I assume this money will be used to buy Starfleet a pinball machine. Later on the Enterprise admit <laughs> later on the Enterprise, Bones admits that he left his communicator behind, and here we go again. Okay, I have to ask, was it an intentional pun when you said Kirk and Spock Don mob cosplay? I actually uh. thought of that when I was uh, writing the thing, and then I figured no one would notice. <laughs> of course I did. Come on. Ah uh, yes. Don mob cosplay. We've been writing cosplay. together for ten years. Of course I notice your dumb puns. <laughs> Also, uh, the here we go again thing. I'm sure you guys know this. Mm. The, uh, the one of the possibilities instead of doing trials and tribulations for uh, the the anniversary episode in DS9 was that they were going to come back to this planet and these guys will have worshipped like the original series. Yeah, I, that, yeah, it's not a bad idea, but you know, trials and tribulations is way better. Yeah, what what they went with was better, yeah. but I, I don't know with that writing team. I think they could have done something. Oh yeah, really fun. the the DS9 yeah, yeah. crew basically visiting a Star Trek convention. Yeah, and and doing a lot of meta commentary on you know people who obsess the over the original series. Mm. You could do a lot of great like, oh, you guys aren't real Starfleet. Yeah, the, these guys, these guys were the real ones. You guys, ugh, you don't count. Mm. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, this this episode was uh, was great. Yeah, this yes. is so fun. I mean, it's stupid as hell. Mm-hmm. There's so much logic that makes like you really can't think about any of this very much. I mean, like, yeah. like you say, they they left a book, <laughs> and because of that book, everyone knows how to dress and talk. Yeah. And, wait, wait, what? Just, just don't think about it. It's fine. I just, I mean, Trek did a whole bunch of these like planets that are just like Earth, but whatever. And this has got to well, be the best yeah. one, right? Like, I think so. This is my good thing, actually. If if we had to revisit it, an original series crew goes to a planet resembling 20th century Earth, I'm extremely glad it was this one and not the one with the Nazis. Because <laughs> for some reason, that one seems a lot less whimsical to me now than it did in 2011. Yeah, that one, that's uh, that's rough. But, I mean, what else What else did they do? Uh, well, Cowboy yeah. Planet, which was terrible. Now that one, well, Chekhov got shot. the whole point of the... Chekhov. True. Well, the yeah. whole point of these episodes, though, was that they had the the Desilu backlot that they could use. Yeah. Um, except they didn't even do that for Cowboy Planet, so why bother? Well, that oh yeah, that was a, like, like a minimalist set. You yeah. were tripping over Western sets back then. I only re- I only learned relatively recently that Desilu uh, was formed. They bought up uh, RKO's yeah. uh, stuff. Like so, a lot of those backlot sets were made as like uh, film quality. You know, things like they were a little better than anything mm. else you saw on TV because they they bought a bunch of pre-existing stuff that were made for movies and just used them for TV. Mm. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know that before. Um, but what else? They the Roman planet, right? Yeah, Wasn't Roman that, planet uh, definitely happened. Was was Roman planet yeah. or was it just Plato's stepchildren? Or, no, or there's the Plato's stepchildren, uh, but there's also the one with breads Apollo. and circuses. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Apollo was a different one. Jeez. That was um. That was who mourns for Adonai. Yes. They fucking loved the Romans, didn't they? They sure fucking but there did. Was a, well, no, they did some Greek stuff too, but it's... Yeah, you know, I think back then it was... Mythology-wise, it's the yeah. same. Uh-huh. I'm not a yeah. good enough I mean, historian they're... to tell the difference. I could tell the difference, but they are, when you're doing modern stories about them, effectively mm. the same. Clearly they're different, but when, you, you know, when you're taking the idea of, like, the gods and all that stuff. It's all basically yeah. the same. But no, uh, Breads and Circuses was that one because that was, remember they found the guys who were obviously the Christians that were going to take over? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. The, they worshipped the sun, which was the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I swear yeah. to God, Gene Roddenberry wrote some that of one. original Star Trek is good. I, it really she is. She wrote it and probably submitted yeah, this it for one. an Emmy. This one was good. Uh-huh. It was good because they didn't take it seriously at all. No. no. And that's, you know, after, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this all week, but both of these are prime examples of Shatner overacting and he does it 
a lot in this one, but it's all in the right direction. Well, that's the so. thing. This is my good thing. Like, as much as I piled shit on Shatner, and rightly so for his last episode, he is having so much fun in this episode, and it is great. I could watch yeah. him do the card game trick alone for, like, an hour. It's so yeah. good. Just like, oh, look at that. A royal Fizbin. How lucky you are. Good heavens. Oh, but only on, but only on a Tuesday. But, only on a t- but, on, but not at night. Yeah, I, I mean, the odds of a royal fizzbin are Spock. What would you say the odds of a royal fizzbin are? I, couldn't. I've never calculated those odds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very high. so good. It's I so feel like fun. they've been working together. I've, they've been working together long enough that Spock knows. Okay, I'm into the not lying thing, but I also don't want to fuck up his plan. Uh-huh. So I will find a way around it. Even and by the fucking even Spock's into it by the end, wearing a gangster oh, costume yeah. and just you well, put that down. That, yeah, yeah. That, that's my good thing, actually, um, which oh, was yeah? Spock slowly getting into it over the course of the episode. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, Kirk, of course, you know, just jumps right into it and goes crazy. But Spock kind of like works his way up. Uh, at first, yeah. he's just technically not lying about Fizbin. Then he starts lying mm-hmm. for omission. And eventually, yeah, he's doing the voice and acting the part. Let's see where he's got his he puts his feet up on the desk. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, and there's some good comedic timing there where it, it's it takes a minute. Like he puts his feet up, and then Spock looks over and slowly does it too. And yeah. like without the right performance and directing, that could have been kind of tedious and terrible. But Nimoy pulls it off perfectly, mm-hmm. and the camera knows where to be, and it's it's all very good. Yeah, it was that great like the uncomfortable trying to get comfortable thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but Matt, uh, your your bad thing, yes. uh, kind of ties into all this. Um. Bones doesn't seem to want to play along, and he's there for the whole bit. Yeah, he, the, the three of them beam down at the beginning. So why isn't he? he why isn't he in a costume? He mostly just stands around in his regular uniform, holding a machine gun and looking awkward. It's like, come on, man. Mal had the th- yeah. Mal had the theory that uh, that Bones doesn't want to dress up. I there's definitely a scenario where he would want to dress uh-huh. up. Uh huh. Like this isn't it, but there's got to be something. I assume if they go to Cowboy Planet, he's gonna do like a full Colonel Sanders cosplay. <laughs> See. See, but that's not cowboy. That's like a, I mean, that's more like Civil War, Deep South kind of, you know, like, yeah, which also, yeah, he would absolutely do that kind of thing. I mean, I wouldn't want to see him in a Confederate uniform, but if there's a way to do that and not be problematic, that could be fun. Uh Just, just as Colonel Sanders. There you go. I mint julep, Jim. Yeah. Oh, I think he drinks mint juleps already. Uh, Yes, he does. I think it's actually been established that he does, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because back then, you know. You uh, define their ethnicity and then, like, the two things that they yeah, like, Trek, you know, Scotty uh, drinks scotch. Trek had no subtlety. Like. Yeah. Uh, Uhura was from Africa. Yeah. Scotty drinks scotch. <laughs> like. Yeah. Exactly. And Chekhov is Chekhov. Mm-hmm. I was Apparently, he's from Russia. What? What? I know, right? Get? Is this. Did you go to, like, Memory Beta for that? I've never heard this. <laughs> I put it on Memory Alpha and then somebody changed it. That must be one of those oh, fan of theories that just get that just gets turned into like a like an actual thing later. Yeah, look, your head cannon doesn't count, yeah. man. <laughs> Worf is from Russia. That's what a Russian yeah. looks like. <laughs> I still like it would be way fan servicey and whatever, but I'd still love that to to think that someone in Chekhov's family knows someone in Worf's family. I, I I'm sorry, I just keep going. Men are from Mars, Worf is from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> From Russia with Worf. <laughs> Hello, I am from Russia. In Soviet Russia, well, I don't know. That ended long before I was born. Soviet Russia is like this. The Klingon Empire is like this. <coughs> shut up about that, man. I guess he has that in common with Chekhov. He won't shut up about, you know, Minsk. the thing that he's into. But yeah, it's, it, back to the Shatner thing, like, he does the voice, like, listen, you smugs. Uh-huh. Like, he's, By the he's end, really like, into it. Just everything, just like, okay, so you's gonna pay money up to the Federation now. Yep. I also like, too, like, he would, um, he would, like, switch back and forth real quick, you know, uh, Kirk Enterprise. Yeah, we mm-hmm. needs yous to start beaming down the heaters. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, sir? The heaters? I, I will say Scotty catches on real quick. Uh-huh. Which is good. Because, you know, that could be interminable as well. Mm. Like, waiting for the person who doesn't, who's not there playing along to get it. Like, ugh. I okay. can't remember the specific episode, but I feel like there's another time where Scotty didn't get the code. And that just seems I like a really weird character uh, trait that he no, has. We, we, 
we called it out a bunch, and then in uh, I think it was Whom Gods Destroy, where they're in the the uh, asylum planet, mm. uh, and he calls up and he gives some chess move, mm. and like Scotty knows it. Like, oh, good, they finally yeah. worked this shit out. Like, I remember being excited that they'd finally figured it out because it was a problem yeah. for a long time. Well, not all but, codes uh, can be as impenetrable as if, if hours were days. Yeah. No oh kidding, God. Right? Yeah. Spock really like used all of his Vulcan uh, the intellect machine for that one. <laughs> Ugh, I'm still trying to puzzle. Wait, how did they come up with that? Oh my god, these guys are geniuses. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's it's a lot of fun. There's a bit uh, as you pointed out, Matt, where he's talking to a kid who's basically like your stock standard like newsy, uh-huh. like you hey, know neighborhood mister. tough wearing a flat cap. Yeah, you guys gonna put out a hit on those guys? We sure are, kid. Let me go. Yeah, bra- you want a piece me, of this action? Let me go wave my switchblade I got around. <laughs> yep. Oh, so good. Captain, are you sending that small boy over to menace those two men with machine guns? Shut up, Spock. I'm trying to do something here. Look, it's not like there's some kind of directive that says I can't. You know what I'm saying? Stop it, Spocko. In their defense, <laughs> there was that directive, and someone else fucked it up. Yeah. Someone from Archer's time. It was 100 years ago. So. I would have loved yeah. to have seen that Enterprise episode. Yeah. Well, they went to Cowboy Planet, too, and that was also terrible. Oh, God. Oh, see, did. see that show. If they had done a Gangster Planet, they would have gone to like the hyper real, like Godfather Sopranos planet, yeah. where everything's super violent mm-hmm. and like serious and dark. And that would like this show knew. Look, this is stupid. Let's just embrace the yep. stupid. Like, there's no like. Yeah, people are getting shot, but they're getting shot like they're playing guns. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm dead. Ugh. Like, it's not like uh, you know, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes stuff. You know, it's, it's <laughs> there's. There's also some good bug eyes when uh, um, Spock nerf pinched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was all played for laughs. It's, it's that great fish out of water thing that this show did well, which Star Trek Four was completely, you know, oh, totally. feeding on. And the, the, the even the scenes where they're driving, which feel a little long, were still kind of funny to mm-hmm. me. Because <laughs> it's because it's Kirk insisting that he's good at it. Yep. And Spock just going, you, you're not. You're just not. Whatever you and, say, Captain, I guess. And then finally, they, like the second time, they're both trying to noodle it together. I think you need to hit the clutch. Mm. And it's it's cute because like this is such an easy thing to us, but it takes two advanced spacemen to figure it yeah. out. And it's it's funny. Speak for yourself. I, mean, I that can't said, drive a clutch either. I was going to say that yeah. said, I don't think either of you drive. So I can drive. I choose not to. I no, can I drive don't automatic. Drive. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not great at driving a stick either, but you know. But it's it's funny, and, and usually when you do something like that and you bring it back a second time, it's like, oh, you've lost all your goodwill. This is not going to be funny the second time, but it still was. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that in here where they really could have blown it, and they didn't. Yeah, that's great. And fun back in the day, back in the day, Roddenberry fucking hated comedy episodes so much. Yeah, he would. David like, Gerald actually he, has a quote. I think it's from. Uh, Trouble with Tribbles, mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. said that working with Gene Roddenberry was like a, t- a, a chore and a tireless... Or Gene Roddenberry had no sense of humor and working with him was a tireless exercise, something like that. Well, the, well I mean, episodes this whole like story... this get in the way of Gene's vision of more episodes like the Omega Glory. Like, oh, uh-huh. God. But there's this whole story about the Trouble with Tribbles basically being produced while Gene was on vacation because he never would have greenlit it, but he was gone. And I think it was Gene Kuhn or one of the one of the guys with a good head on his shoulders was like, let's just go ahead and make this. And by the time he gets back, it'll be too late. Yeah. And that's one of the best episodes. Yeah. And yep. I imagine this got made the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, hey, Gene's looking over there. Let's. Uh, yeah. Gene's, Gene's spilling his dinner on his. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's, let's go give him. that girl in a short skirt. Let's go give her a plate of eggs. And distract her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my vision. <laughs> yeah. But this show did comedy well when they did it on purpose. Yeah, there's some great comedic episodes in this show. I was trying to think of another one, and I can't, but there must have been. Look, man, like we, anytime you get the, <laughs> like the three of uh, the main guys acting playfully together is decent. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I would say Star Trek Four is a big is a good example. Yeah, that's that. a good one. Yeah, very good example. I still think the the new movies need to do one like that. No, I agree. Just a, just a lighthearted one where mm. it's not the whole galaxy's at stake, but something, you know, yeah. 
something kind of small. I mean, yeah, Earth was at stake or whatever, but it was still, you know, funny and Yeah, light. Beyond got close, but... Uh, yeah. No, it had moments. Yeah. Um, had Balthazar Edison. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of things we haven't thought about in a while. <laughs> I just got that out of my head, thanks. You're welcome. Several syncopations, Balthazar Edison. <laughs> Balthazar um, actually, Edison. Now he's in your head um, again. Speaking of terrible names, mm-hmm. um, oh god, yeah, <laughs> my bad thing. Um, uh-huh. Fucking Oxmix, Jojo, oh, yeah. Cracko, Teppo, <laughs> Jake Cardigan. These are not good uh, commando names. I love I, Oxmix. I think, I think you're jumping ahead with Jake Cardigan just a little bit. <laughs> Whatever, it's all Shatner. Yeah, no one's gonna get that reference except you and Shatner. <laughs> oh god, if he to, listens to the show, he listens to every podcast that they meant that mentions Tech War. Yeah, probably. You mentioned Tech War. I get a cut. By the way, if, if anyone is interested, uh, uh, Mike Nelson of MST3K and Rift Tracks is doing a podcast called 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back, where they review terrible books, and they're doing Tech War right now. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, the, I, I remember making jokes about Ox Mix, like being the thing when you're at a party reaching for Chex Mix, and you get that instead. Like, ooh, I got the Ox Mix. Yeah. The dude that plays Oxmix looks like uh like the mobsters Robert De Niro will play in ten years. Like he, yeah. he actually reminded me of the um the studio head in The Godfather. Yeah, he's never gonna yeah, get yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah. He's got that distinguished older guy. He's kinda tough, but also he's got a soft side, yeah. maybe, but yeah. Like he like, looks like casino uh, De Niro. Yeah, I could see that. Hey. Or like and and Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Krakow uh, made me think of that he was Seth Rogen's dad. <laughs> oh, he was. He didn't look exactly like him, but he looked sort of like him, and he had the same voice. So, mm-hmm. Well, that guy, uh, and you, this will probably mean nothing to either of you guys, but he was Mel the Cook on the show Alice. Ah, oh, okay. of course. Yeah, you guys probably won't. They're, they're, I that's know the show it. that uh, the, uh, the catchphrase, kiss my grits, comes from. Yeah, you can't be a waiter and not know about Alice. I don't know. Maybe. It's the 70s. I remember weird shit from the 70s, and I was only alive for a couple of 70s. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was he was that guy, and I couldn't not see him like a short order, you know, like a, a wife beater in the, the little beanie mm-hmm. hat, and just, like, couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. Fortunately, he wasn't asking me to take him seriously. So. <laughs> no, he was asking you to um, kiss his grits. No, no, no! It was the it was the sassy southern waitress who always told him to kiss her grits. Oh. Kiss my grits. Oh, so he was doing the grits, the grits kissing. Yeah, exactly. Well, he would say something to piss her off, and she'd say, "Kiss my grits." All right. This is the that Alice cast with Matt uh, with Matt Allen Funk, <laughs> the post atomic Alice. <laughs> That's where uh, Alex explains Alice to us. <laughs> That's all I remember because I was. You're gonna have to go ask Alice about this <laughs> one. <laughs> um. Down so my bad wharf. thing. <laughs> Freak war? Uh-huh. My bad thing is worse. <laughs> yes, always. My bad thing, and this isn't a lot of episodes. It's weird to me how little the Enterprise knows about Earth of the Past. Yep. Yeah. Like, they don't know. Like they don't recognize any of this stuff. Like on site, which is fine, mm. but they could look it up. And no, it's like every record of Earth before the 23rd century is lost uh, at least yeah. at least then we have like there's like two wars between then and then trek well that was always my headcanon yeah was like all that stuff got lost yeah, in world war three or wikipedia something. not exist in the future i'm reading apparently about people, alice right now apparently people stopped donating to it like oh god you always see those threatening messages i guess it finally came through yeah yeah that's what caused the post-atomic war <laughs> but like especially in space seed where it's like there was a war, and he was one of the major dictators in that war, and they're just like, Khan who? Yeah. Never heard of him. Nope. It it just, And I don't care that much, because, yeah, it's the 60s. They didn't have a lot of continuity, whatever. But so many of these episodes hinge on them not knowing what stuff is, and it just feels weird to me. Well, also, Chicago Gangs in the 1920s was written in the far future of 1991, so that was yeah. like right in the oh. middle of the eugenics wars. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Which I guess were happening in secret. Yeah. Chicago Gangs in the 1920s was what uh, uh, Nick Pelegi's Wise Guys was based on. You lost me on that. It's a Goodfellas reference. I'll see myself out. (laughs) No, dude, that's a good reference for this. I just didn't get it. Is it Mitch Pelegi? That's got to be right. Hang on. 
The guy from uh, X Files. N- oh, that's what I was thinking of. Crap. Yeah. Who wrote Goodfellas? <laughs> I don't know. Nicholas Pelegi, excuse me. God damn. This has just been a goddamn clusterfuck. I'll see you guys later. You said, you said Nick. Oh, did? Oh, good. You did. Yes. So you got it right. Was, Matt, calm down. This whole episode is a nightmare. Yeah, but a fun nightmare. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There was a little Chekhov in it, though. Little Chekhov. I was worried because he was on the he bridge at the beginning. Short. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, but <laughs> I was really worried they were going to bring him down there. Uh huh. I have to go to Gangster Planet. No, you don't. You're going to sleep with fishies. (laughs) Bad day being. Be a good way to bring in some Russian mafia jokes. I guess that's true. I don't think that was a thing back then, though, because I think that. As far as I know. Yeah, that all happened after the Soviet Union collapsed and, like, people were taking advantage of the chaos. I mean, I'm sure that there was some kind of, like, mob back then. But But not like it is. Like, now it's like the main mafia because everything over there is a nightmare. Uh huh. Sorry, Russians. Mm-hmm. You're going to be responsible for Wharf, though, so uh, <laughs> suck it up and take your medicine. Well-known Russian, Wharf. Yeah. Uh, they used some music that I didn't recognize from any other episodes, which I thought was actually good. Like, there was some sort of swing and jazz mm-hmm. yeah. music in this, and it, was like, it felt like it belonged in another 60s show, but I couldn't remember it being in any other track. It reminded me a lot of... I used to listen to a lot of like early uh, like radio, like The Shadow. It reminded me a lot mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff, or like old suspense shows. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and didn't isn't your quote basically a music? Yeah, sting? my quote for the second time ever is a, a music sting. Well, the second time in like three weeks. Yeah. Oh no, that was the that was the sinister signal oh, right, of the, the insect. People. All right. Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah. Uh, what else? I feel like some nerd definitely has made Fizbin and tried to make the rules real because not getting oh, the joke. I am 100% sure that they had like a Fizbin tournament at some convention. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wrote down everything he said and, and codified it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, God. Except at night. That's me. That's me playing any board game or D&D. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Um, um, actually, speaking of not knowing how to play games, uh, mm-hmm. Oxmix is very bad at playing pool. He's just like hitting balls at random. He keeps on moving the cue ball over, all over the place. It's just, I don't know. It's just one of those weird little details that bothered me. He's one, of those guys pool. That, he's one of those guys that bought a pool table because he thought it would be cool and then never learned how to play it. So it just yeah. sits in his office now. Or is he playing billiards or snooker maybe? Uh, maybe. Like one of those different rules things but i also know that you always hit the cue ball and he was hitting uh, regular balls he can't hit regular oh. balls that's not how that works even i know that yeah i don't know like i i grew up my parents had a bar growing up so i saw pool a lot but i only saw that form of pool i don't know the other games at all yeah why uh, oh, he's terrible at it don't at me it could it could also be the um that he's the boss and he just plays it any way he wants it's mm. true there was definitely some of that, like with uh, Tony Soprano, or just like no one wanted to tell him because they were terrified. But he was saying something wrong or doing something mm-hmm. wrong, and they just let him do it. Like, uh, just he's gonna beat me up, or have someone beat me up, or kill me. Like just leave it. It's not worth it. It's just pool. Yeah. Uh, uh Kirk's. Uh, I, I I guess this is the high definition, but Kirk's hat is incredibly fuzzy. <laughs> oh God! Yes. Yeah, it looks like it's made it out looks- of a Muppet. Yeah, it looks like a prop hat, uh-huh. like like you'd get from a costume shop instead of just a fedora, which, come on, that's like the most basic go-to. Like, they must have had so many unused fedoras left over from the 30s and 40s. There's no like, way Gene didn't just wear a fedora. Nah. Take by the hat. 60s, probably not. By the, by the 60s, probably not, but that's what I'm saying. Everyone wore them up to, like, the 50s, and then they went out of fashion, so there must be extra hats everywhere. It's not hard to get a hat, guys. Hat was fine. Go there was a hat start rooting through the hat box. I think they wanted one that matched his weird blue suit. Like, I yeah. liked how colorful the suits were. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel realistic, but it felt very original series, how everyone was wearing bright, like, mob pinstripes, but also bright colors. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a guy in a yellow suit, and I, uh, I very had Dick blue Tracy. on, and there were a couple others. Yeah, I like it. Oh, yeah, it was very Dick Tracy, yeah. Yeah, Spox is, like, brown and red, but it's still, like, popped really well. Yeah. Yeah. I love all the colors in those old episodes. Yep. I'm, I'm a dummy. Like, that's, that's <laughs> that doesn't make an episode good because it's colorful, but I love Yay, it. Yay, colors. 
Yep. Oh, they use their friggin' um, nuke everyone from orbit phasers. Like, yeah, I think. Well, I think they only use those once or twice. It's a weird thing. Not only that, but they set the ship's phasers to stun, which I don't know how that yeah. works. I don't know why how that. Nope. Would, I don't know that that would come up very often. Yeah, no, and stun people on this specific city block. Yeah. Or is it, do they have that level of precision? I'm fine with that. Like them shooting it from probably because they use the phasers to like mine and stuff too. So yeah, they got to be relatively mm-hmm. precise. But just having stun true. phasers built into the side of the ship seems weird to me. Captain, are you trying to yeah. stun those Ro- that Romulan ship? Yeah, and it's not working. <laughs> Maybe it's just turning it down to like the very lowest setting. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like when you put your hair dryer on cool. <laughs> <laughs> just give them all a sunburn. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. it it's a weird because if they have like it's one of those things that they just kind of don't bring up again. Maybe it was in one other episode or something, yeah. but like it's one of those things that if they really had that power, that would change about half the episodes. Because wait, you could just zap everyone on the planet and be done with mm-hmm. it. All those times people took people hostage, just knock your own guys unconscious yep. and you know rescue them. Scotty, could you shoot the gamesters of Triskelion, please? Yeah, exactly. You just stun everyone and then beam your unconscious crew people back. Simple. Ah, whatever. Ah. <laughs> Basically. It's the kind of episode where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, there's a point where Oxmix is threatening Scotty because, you know, he wants all the technology. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking he's better be careful. Scotty will beam down 100 triples. <laughs> <laughs> That is, he is a he is a biological t- like a warfare tyrant. I would love, <laughs> I, I would love to see the society that beaming a triple down to the planet would make. Oh God, I, they're basically just like Pokemon fans. <laughs> People get very weirded out by realistic triples. Ugh. <laughs> why are they fuzzy? Well, because the alternative is much grosser. That's why. What, what, what did you want? Like a Roger Rabbit movie? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about Pokemon, but I was saying this the other day. But mm-hmm. like, I know that that spit curl on Jigglypuff is much better as hair than it would be as flesh. Uh huh. And I'm delighted that Jigglypuff is in an all night coffee bar. He's mad that the person <laughs> fell asleep. I could only name like three Pokemons, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that movie does look kind of insane, which you know, yeah, good, yeah. Delightful. I still think insane. they should have gotten uh, Danny DeVito, though. What's that? I still think they should have gotten Matt? Danny DeVito to play Pikachu, though. <laughs> Any particular reason, or just listen, pal? I'm Pikachu DeVito. over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see. That. They got him to play the red M and M. Like it's not like his asking price is that high. Wait, they did. They fired Billy yeah, really West. Uh, there was a there was a commercial where uh, the red M and M wanted to be human, and they turned him into Danny DeVito in a red. Oh, M&M. oh okay. Sure. That actually checks out. It's real. It, it's real weird. He keeps Sounds going like... up to people on the street, and going, "Do you want to eat me?" <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, that's all for this time, and we are almost done revisiting old episodes. Mm-hmm. We were going to be done. We were, we were going to do five pairs, but then, uh, as you heard last week, we decided, all right, we're going to do the cage one more time, yeah. which I think the joke is long dead, but so many people want to hear us do this, mm. so, okay. You got it. I. It's not going to be like we're exhausted and tired of it like we were eight years ago, because I haven't seen it in eight years. Mm. It'll be kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. But Especially- it'll also be a good artifact going into to Disco Season 2. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Now, since we're going to be getting more Captain Pike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, look forward to that. Uh, Then we have a couple of sort of one-off things planned, and we have a giant episode, uh, we've mentioned this before, uh, uh, where every uh, regular guest of the show, including Flonk, Mm. uh, will be in a sort of giant panel discussion, and uh, that's going to be a mess, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So... Look forward to oh, that. Man, we and, haven't, uh, we, we haven't done two. a cluster flonk in forever. Yeah, we are definitely calling it cluster flonk. <laughs> As well, you should. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and uh, and then uh, into disco season two, which premieres in January of next year. Yeah. so very soon. Uh, and I think that's it for this time. That... Um, oh, I I wanted to do a quick plug. Uh, Amanda and I have a new podcast mm-hmm. where we are reading 
the entirety of Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, which we both adore, mm-hmm. uh, and reviewing one book a month uh, until we're done. And she made it very clear, like in the first episode, she said this out loud. We will read them until we get to the end and then we will stop <laughs> because otherwise we're stuck doing this. <laughs> I love doing this, but uh, still important to establish mm-hmm. that. So and that is called The Death of Podcasts. It's uh, it's on iTunes. It's at thedeathofpodcasts.com. So check that out. Um, What else? Uh, Flunk, you got anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I actually do for a change. Um, I uh, have an episode of Tinseltown coming out, I believe, this week, either this week or next week. Um, Oh, excellent. So you can hear me talk about a holiday season movie um, that was not very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then (laughs) I also recently recorded a bunch of stuff with the mayor for the uh, his Patreon um, bonus stuff, which um, is cheap. It's only like three bucks a month. And uh, yep. the stuff we recorded was mm-hmm. very silly, very fun. So, um, as someone who it. is on that p- uh, Patreon, uh, you get a shit ton of content for that. Yeah, you really bucks. <laughs> Excellent. And then also, uh, a couple years ago, I was part of a project called A Talking Cast, which was a minute by minute re- oh, movie yeah. review of A Talking Cat, which is a oh delightfully God. insane mm-hmm. children's movie. Um, and they are uh-huh. re releasing yeah, I that. saw that by way of Riff Tracks not too long ago. Yeah, and they're they're re-releasing that podcast uh, as a daily thing uh, currently. Now I have no idea when my episodes are going to be out, but I'm in there somewhere. Amazing, excellent. Well, a whole lot of flung for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if you want to write to us, it is postatomichorror at gmail. The website postatomichorror.com. The Tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt, and I think that's it. Yep, that is it. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.